I have four thinking hours a day where I do my best work. I guard those with my life. If you're not paying a premium on those hours, I would rather put them in my own business and it's going to multiply what I'm doing over time. You know, you have to put constraints in place. You have to put rules. And it took me a while for this too. Once I like set up very strict rules on how I deal with prospects, with clients, like my business has done much, much, much better. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today, I'm with Tom LeBelt. Tom is the CEO of Smart Brand Marketing. Um, Smartbrandmarketing.com is his URL, and also we market onlinecourses.com. You know, sometimes you have a conversation and you think it's going to be about one thing. You think it's going to be about online revenue streams and online marketing, but it changes to a much deeper level and some really powerful learnings. That's today's conversation with Tom. We start to talk about the digital marketing and online space and about how you can grow revenues uh, you know, in a virtual world. But then we get into talking about the quality of thinking that you bring to your business and how actually you can leverage your time. And even about how you can get into meditative states through sport, whether that's golf or, you know, throwing basketballs or exercising, working out and how that can help your thinking on a business problem. Yeah, we go deeper than you might have thought at the beginning of the conversation. And I love conversations that go like that. So straight into my, uh, my interview now with Tom the Belt. Hello and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today, we're with Tom LeBelt. Tom is the CEO of Smart Brand Marketing. He's published over 5,000 Kindle uh, books. He uh, runs a business um, that focuses on marketing online courses. We market onlinecourses.com. He's filmed a documentary. He's owned a coffee shop. He's done stuff in the world of music. You know, Tom, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. I think that's just that introduction is a definition of an entrepreneur. It is. Thank you for having me. Great. So um, just share a little bit of uh, background. I'm talking to you now in Thailand. We've just had a little chat beforehand and you spend your time between the US, between Warsaw and between Thailand. Just give us a bit about, about a background on you and a bit of insight into your the way that you uh, design your life. Well, background on me, I, I was born in Poland. Uh, we moved to the US when I was about nine, 10 years old. And everyone's dream when I was little, right, was go to America, make American money and come back to the country. Mm-hmm. So out of my entire family, I'm the only one that actually did it properly. <laughs> they all tried. Everyone yeah. tried, but they all settled in either. They just stayed in America or moved back. But no one actually accomplished being able to continually make good money in the States because my companies are in the States. And then live wherever I feel like. So I can go to Warsaw if I want to. I can be in Thailand. I've been, I don't know how many countries, but I think last time I counted was like 20 something that I've lived in. Wow. Um, And that was always the dream. Um, My family doesn't really have a business background, but my dad was kind of a hustler by design because the country was designed that you can't really make money unless you hustle. Right. So he tried and I was sort of thrown into a lot of roles when I was little. Like we, we had uh, these trips that he would, he would take to Germany and he would take liquor, smuggle liquor into Germany. 
Wow. Um, and then smuggle VCRs and things back to sell in Poland. Oh, wow. And my, my job was to like lay on the back seat and scream and cry so the customers wouldn't really check the seats very well. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, he'd take brilliant. me to soccer stadiums and help him sell these things, you know, like sell the VCRs and the tapes and things and sell them at the, uh, at my class with like no classmates. So I really, um, you got the whole learned, hustling thing down from a young age. Yeah, I learned two things really quickly. One, don't show interest because people will take advantage, right? And that happened at the soccer stadiums. Anything I liked went up in price very quickly if they've seen that I liked it. So, you know, I look, quickly learned to, you know, come into something and be like, you know, this is all shit. Let me just take a look. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then with my classmates, um, I found that uh, selling a defective product can get you into a fight after school. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So it, sure. it all kind of came from there. You know, and then when we came to America, my, uh, my parents had three jobs in the beginning, you know, all like minimum wage or below, you know, very, very low stuff. And I, I quickly realized you can work yourself to death mm. and still be broke because we were broke, so broke. And you're only a number, you know? And I learned that when I kind of started the corporate play a little bit too. Like they'd be like, no, you're more than a number. And I'm looking, I'm a number. Like I can tell them I'm like four, one, six, seven, four, like my pay stub and everything. Right. And I'm easily replaceable mm -hmm. and working in sales. And this kind of, you know, brought a lot of ideas for later on. Um, Cause I sold things like life insurance and, and other recurring products. Right. But they would pay me, you know, for three or six months of what I sold and then take the next 30 years themselves. And I really quickly calculated with a buddy of mine, like if we only sold something of ours, you know, mm -hmm. that's a similar play. Like we only have to work for 12 months and then be set for life as long as right. the, you know, the um, attrition is not too bad. And that kind of got me into the SEO company, which SEO is a monthly payment. And, you know, you sure, know so sure. it all kind of you know, came naturally in a way with a lot of bumps along the way, very nasty bumps, some of them, but you know, that's, that's life. And what were the biggest lessons that you've learned on the journey around effectively selling and particularly selling, um, you know, in the digital online space? I mean, there's a lot of lessons, you know, I mean, like the, the main ones I can think of, you know, like don't build anything on someone else's platform mm. because you have no control. Um, Partnerships are like marriage. Okay. So be very careful when you enter into a partnership because a lot of them are long term and you know, you basically have another girlfriend that's just not a <laughs> girlfriend anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a way. Um bootstrapping um as long as you can. You know, the, the second you get funding, you have another boss. Yeah. Uh and, and the one thing that helped me a lot, and this was uh, thanks to just having friends that have been in business longer than me when I was starting out, like the problems that you're having now, if you, you know, continue what you're doing a year from now, will just be business as usual. And it always has been true. Like the things that like happen to me now, and sometimes a lot of them in one week, they would have broken me, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, right. I'm, I'm out where now it's just like, I'm good. I'm going to get some sleep, take care of this crap on Monday. If it's an emergency, call a doctor. Otherwise, you know, we're good. <laughs> we are good. Um, so, so you actually see those challenges as like part of the game then? It's, yeah. Now it's just like my my skin is so thick too from selling yeah. for so long, you know, because I actually yeah. 
practiced my sales skills in the corporate world. So I would okay. hit doors daily, like a hundred doors for well, years. Physically knocking on doors? Physically, yeah. So yeah. I, I did inside sales, which would be calling people, cold calling like crazy, then outside sales, which is hitting doors and physically getting kind of pushed out. This was yeah. in New York, Brooklyn, Gosh. Whoa. Queens. <laughs> you know, like it, talk, it wasn't... Yeah. Talk about a, tr- a tough training ground. Tough training ground. Went up to Harlem a little bit, never hit the Bronx, but went up to Harlem a bit. Yeah, you you, you really quickly figure out like what life is about. Um, but you grow a thick skin, you know, because some people will be... How like, did you no, grab like, attention quickly? Because you would have like less than seconds. Yeah, you don't have long. Um, the main thing is don't look like a salesman. That's the main thing I learned. You know, like they can smell and see a salesman coming in and they'll scream like, get the, you know, like part of the game. And it's the same thing in the online space too. Like sell without selling, right? Like more of like, you know, coming in, understanding the situation, kind of, you know, getting them on the same wavelength. So like, you're kind of like, you know, oh, I see how you're having this problem. Yeah, I've had that too, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it's more about insights, right? So you actually want people asking you for more then you're trying to tell them more if that makes yeah. sense it's it's a more of it's, it's a skill it's definitely a skill um but i've transferred it online and it's been working great you know we do like an hour of marketing every single day even when we don't need clients which lately has been most of the time but still like i'd rather have you know the ability to say no a lot than ever have to you know back for clients because that's when you get the crappiest clients but I found that insight marketing is really what's been pushing the whole machine. So what do you mean uh, by insight marketing? So for example, if you've been working at something for a long time, you know, and you tell anyone that's in your kind of niche, like me, for example, you know, I've worked with over 150 course creators responsible for, I don't know, 10, 12 million dollars of sales in the last two, three years. And there's 10 things I learned right away. The person's like, hold on a second. What, what did you learn? And then, you know, you give them just, nuggets right without really mm-hmm. explaining it and something's going to get their attention they'll be like well what do you mean by that and that's where it starts and so anybody listening to this has their own business they're going to have a level of expertise in their in their niche and their niche um so there is going to be 10 things that they know about that industry or 10 things that they problems that 10 problems that they know that their customers or our target customers are going to have yeah so i've sort of came onto it naturally but then I learned that I'm not the first one who has done this. Yeah, sure. So if you look at um, Oglevy's book, um, I think My Life in Advertising, and he has one more round, right? Like he explains a bit of this, selling through truth, right? Truth is these insights, which I've learned. But, you know, like when you listen to someone, you're like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. But if you look at his ads, and you can look them up online, and I have a lot of them saved, his number one ad that made almost all the money for his agencies were exactly like that. I've worked with this many clients, made this much money. Here are the 50 things I've learned. And they're just like little paragraphs. That was his whole ad. It was his whole idea. And it got him almost all the business. So when you kind of look at it, it's like, well, yeah, this, is, this has worked for a long time. Mm. Now, it took me a while to figure it out. But someone listening to this podcast, they can skip those 10 years and just try to reverse engineer this entire idea. Right, that's the easiest type of selling. I wish I had podcasts like this to listen to when I was starting out. There was nothing even close, yeah. nothing close. Uh, like it's, we a, had, it's a fantastic medium, isn't it? And it's growing. Uh, like when I think of it, like I had, I went to a couple colleges taking you know business classes, things like that, and most of those people never did any business, and you, you knew that. 
you knew them. Yeah. And I think I only met one, one guy. And he was interesting. He ran a factory for a long, long time. And he was like, he was one of these teachers with people didn't really like because he wasn't like as you know correct as some of the other ones. Like he would say something like, don't worry if it's ethical, worry if it's legal, right? <laughs> and, and the whole class would, you know, be like, oh, you're so wrong. And I would be the only one taking notes on that. Yeah. And he seen it, he came up to me and be like, you know what? You're, you're probably the only one out of all these idiots who will accomplish anything. And I'm like, yeah, because you're one of the only teachers that I actually learned that had a business. So I'm listening to you. I'm not listening to these other guys, you know, because theory, it, it, you know, once, <laughs> once you start, it's like Mike Tyson said, once you can have all your, you know, planning and everything done, the second you get hit in the face, it's all out the window. So and that happens with business. The, the yeah. second you put your first lead magnet, your first ad, have your first, even like 200 people on your mailing list, you're going to see stuff that no one ever prepared you for. You're going to get trolls. You're going to get people. <laughs> so there's a lot of people at the moment trying to develop um, revenue, uh, online revenues where they may not have had online revenues before. Um, the danger is everybody rushes in uh, expecting great returns and um, get very little return on their time invested and the money invested. So what do you, what, what do you see people doing wrong when they're trying to introduce online revenue streams? Well, there's a couple different things. Like one of the main ones I see is that someone has expertise in this space. And for some reason, when they go online, they want to try something different. Okay. Right. And I'm seeing this a lot. I'm like, well, but then you're starting from scratch instead of kind of moving, you know, like they're like, oh, but I'm a chiropractor. I can't move my practice online. I was like, well, I know a chiropractor selling online courses to other chiropractors at $4,000 a pop. He's not complaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's always this like, you know, what yeah, now I want to teach people how to be emotionally something. I'm like, well, or like, you know, how to stop being anxious or something during COVID. I'm like, you know, like that, that's going to be a really tough niche. It's one you have zero experience and two, like everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. There's no barrier to entry, you know. But I always see the online space as sort of like a like a track. And you move it, you move through it, um, through a couple iterations. Initially, services. Consulting services, number one thing to do. It's the easiest you can make money within like a week. Yeah. I think I've started um, a couple consulting things when I was, you know, like um, brainstorming what to do next. And I've always been able to get to like high five, low six figures within like two, three months. It's the right. easiest thing ever. Then you'll quickly realize working with clients sucks. Even if you love your clients, it's just going to be a thing that happens. You'll be like, oh man, this, this, this is killing me. So the next thing you do is you figure out how to build something once and sell it twice. Sure. You know, that's the next step always. It could be a productized service. It could be some kind of a online course, just, just something where you don't trade time for money anymore. That's yeah, always yeah. the next step. Yeah. And the third one, if you continue, because people can do well, you know, with just having a little bit of consultations and, you know, like some, some kind of passive sort of income and never move on. But if you move on, the third thing is the exit. This is when you usually go for a software company. If you are in a niche that you understand you have a big following, you're selling courses, you're selling productized services, consultations, you can usually do a pretty good launch with some kind of an application. And those are always built with the exit in mind. Like you build it to sell it. That's where you're going to have your retirement usually. So that's like the, you know, the, the, the little wheel. And then usually after people do that, they'll go back into some kind of a consultation. They get sick of that. They get into productize and then they do another kind of an exit type of strategy. And it continues and it continues. Um, so that's the path that I see 
um, if you just continue, like most people get stuck along the way. So you never see a move from one to the next. But So what I see where a lot of people get stuck is if they, they, they take their skill set and they in uh, their business and they put it into a um, an online course and then they're not, they don't get the traction in terms of the sales from that course. Yeah, because a lot of them skipped the first step. You know, yeah. they skipped talking to customers. Like the best online courses come out of, I've been doing this consultation or do it for you service for many, many months. And I was able to break them down into eight modules. Yeah. And I know people are buying them, but there are a lot of people who can't afford me. And then when I speak to them or I have my sales funnel, I say, look, if you can't afford this five, $6,000 commitment, I have a five, $600 commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's here. And maybe I'll come with like one hour of group coaching. You're not going to get time with me personally, one-on-one, but you'll get the second best. And you're going to use my method, right? So that's usually when the courses work. What most people do is like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I got this expertise and I'm going to figure out this course, which I like doing, but I don't think anyone wants. But let's not think about that. And we'll start marketing. Why are my sales coming? And, and that's a big problem, you know? Skipping steps is usually when you get, you know, kind of not thinking why you're doing things, like not really putting constraints on what you're doing, like all these things, taking the easy way out. All of them always come with a, you know, nice hit at the end. And I've had a couple of them, so I know. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. So you've got a set of skills that um, your business delivers to the marketplace. You're interested in, you, you, you talk to customers regularly, you know what their challenges are. Your customers, though, are used to you and your team delivering that in a face-to-face manner, and they don't necessarily want um, don't necessarily want to take the time to sit through and learn from a um, digital program, a training program. They want the job done done for them. That's requiring my, um, you know, manpower and your team to deliver. So that's where you get into productized services. Yeah. So you know, I, I I've had this discussion because it's much easier to sell. A service, like I said, a couple thousand dollar service, much easier than selling a program. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, because you need to build a list and you don't have the time or energy to spend selling a two, three hundred dollar program 
as opposed to a business. So it's harder because you then, you know, sales pages, everything, your, your ecosystem has to do the selling for you. But I had this conversation with a few clients who are like, well, I came to you because, you know, I wanted to have a do-it-yourself service. I was like, well, I would like a farm of unicorns, but, you know, it's, we can't have it all. You can't afford me. Therefore, you have to either, you know, get something like that or find someone else that's just not as good and you'll come back to me and get it anyways. Yep. So, you know, it's like you might have these uncomfortable conversations with, with clients and, you know, and, I, and I've had them. I've had them with these, you know, prospects usually. Clients are usually fine, but it's the prospects, the ones that want everything and have no money. That's where you have like the most fun conversations, you know, and you just don't take it too seriously. Like usually they're just not doing well yeah. and they're lashing out and you yeah. just treat it like a 12-year-old that's lashing out. You pat him on the head. I understand it's my fault, but let's get to the, you know, like the actual problem here problem is you have this thing this thing that needs to get done and have no money so what do we do and what do you do in those situations do you do you do a, a, a sort of a revenue share on the results that you can achieve or do you just say um, well, no uh, no I, I tell them look like i i have too much experience and have been doing this too long right to kind of let people you know tell me how to how i should run my business sure right so most of this like these conversations they try to kind of you know how people say, like, if you don't take care of your own stuff, someone else will do it. They'll put you on their path. Mm-hmm. You're not taking me off my path. I don't care what happens. Like I have four thinking hours a day where I do my best work. I guard those with my life. If you're not paying a premium on those hours, I would rather put them in my own business and it's going to multiply what I'm doing over time. So since we got that out the way, you now know if you cannot afford me, there's, you don't get access to those hours. So what's the next step, right? Are you moving into a program or are you just getting lost or will you be freely looking at my newsletter for the rest of your life? Which is fine. All of it is fine. But it, you, know, you have to put constraints in place. You have to put rules. I, I found since, and it took me a while for this too, once I like set up like very strict rules on how I deal with prospects, with clients, like my business has done much, much, much better. And I have little problems. Because you know, people will try you. They will test you a lot. Like, yeah, but can you do this? I was like, well, I could, but I don't think it would be good for the both of us. So no. Having that clarity, having those rules in place, um, is, are you evidence that not only do you know what's right for your business, but that, that level of certainty builds trust, doesn't it? It builds, res- well, it builds respect. It, it does. It does. And, and the, the funny thing is a lot of the people who come in, you know, sort of passive aggressive initially, once they have a little talk with me or even just a few email exchanges, they apologize and they're like, yeah, well, this was the problem. And I was like, I know. Like, I know, I get it. It's fine. It's, it's normal. Like, you know, people lash out when they have problems. People will try to take advantage of you if you're a little too nice. Like, this is all fine. It's human nature. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like point it out and be mad that you're doing what you're just supposed to be doing. Like, it's fine. Um, but it's more important for you to just have those rules in place. You know, like if I don't, people will have me on the phone at six in the morning at 9 p.m., They'll have me doing extra opt-in pages, lead magnets. Oh, why don't you look over this copy? Why don't you do that? You know, why don't you help me with here? Let's do a partnership. Why don't you build my business for me? No, I'm not doing none of that. <laughs> Were you like that from day one, though? No, like I said, it took me a while. Yeah. So, like, you had, to, have the, you had to learn the hard way because you had the yeah, calls like, at 6 a.m. and did the work at 11 p.m. For months, for months. And all my buddies here, like, they, they would go to golf, um, have like a nightly drink. And I'm like, I can't. I got calls again. And they'll be like, oh, poor boy. Poor boy. For a long time until I finally said, you know what? It's not happening anymore. If you want to talk with me at nine, you're just not a good customer for me. 
Like you, you got to kind of go into what I'm opening up. And if not, then buy. And it again, blew up my business. Like it, it just became so much easier. Like I have the perfect clients now when I don't look for clients, I don't really care because I know if I, if I have clients, great, I'll work on my own business, make some money in a different way. I'll throw up like five pages about affiliate stuff and make money from that without doing anything. Where before, <laughs> long time ago, I would struggle for clients and get like the worst people ever. Look, they didn't want to pay. Uh, I wanted all this extra stuff done. And I'm just like, this is not, this can't be, this can't be the way forward. And it takes time. It takes time. It would help if I listened to some podcasts like this and someone sort of like started, you know, saying this type of stuff, like plant a seed earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, than me just trying to figure it all out. So how do you structure your time then to get the most out of it? What jumped out to me, you've got four thinking hours a day. So that's when you're thinking either on working on a client project or on your own business. Yeah. So what I've done now is I give about eight thinking hours a week to my clients. Right. Yeah. I take about four hours to either think through a problem or think about more long-term things. And the rest of it is just trying to figure out like, what's the next thing to move my business forward. I love that. So usually that's creating, usually that's creating systems. And, and how many people listening to this? So in, in total, that's how many thinking hours a week then? Um, I'm a, like I said, I'm about four hours. Four hours a day. So 20, yeah. 50, five or five yeah, days, so 20 it. hours a week thinking. Yeah, that's it. Whoa. And the rest of it is just like either reading or getting some backlinks or telling people what they need to do for my website or maybe um, putting together some article or a podcast, which I'm you know not like I know this stuff already. So it's just writing it down, but it's not thinking. It's not actually taking the quiet time to figure stuff out. So it could be like this. Like I could spend two hours trying to figure out the best ad for the client. And then it takes me, what, three minutes to actually execute. Right. right? Where most people, they will think for three minutes and then execute for two hours. You know, they'll, and, they'll and have you a whole... execute because you've got a team. You execute through team of sort of virtual assistants and, and, and all um, freelance so I, I do have a team. I do have a team. Um, but a lot of this stuff, like once you've done it many times, like it doesn't take long. You know, it's most of the time is just trying to figure out what to do and getting clarity on it. Just think about this. If you're putting up a new ad in Facebook, the actual process of putting up the ad is just like, you know, copy and paste the copy, put the image in and publish. Yeah, sure. But sure. thinking of what's going to actually sell, that's the long time. Yeah. That, that, and, and that time is just really invaluable, isn't it? Putting that thinking time in. Yeah, but what I see is most people just don't. They do the opposite. They'll they'll think for totally, three minutes, totally. then they'll put Joe Rogan on, and by the time the episode's done, all they did is put up one ad. Yeah, yeah. and it's usually not very good either. So it it takes like I think uh, this book that came out by I never read the book. It's by a friend of mine, but the title like was all I needed was you know create or hate. So create or hate. Create or hate. Yeah. Um, and you know, I actually spoke with him. I was like, what's the book about? He's like, ah, oh, just produce more than you, than you, uh, consume. And you know, like that, that was enough for me. I was like, yeah, I got that. But to produce valuable stuff, you need to think it through. Yeah. You know, and that's when my kind of thinking time came in and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's pushed a lot of stuff forward because often, you know, like we had a wall and most of us is just tried to like kind of work through the wall, not kind yeah, of think yeah, yeah. like how to get through. Yeah. So that's, that's been really my strategy. And then there's another book, which um, it's called The Third Door. I don't, I don't recommend buying the book. It's a simple concept. And it's a concept my dad taught me when I was, I think, nine. There's always three ways to get into a place. Okay. Like think of a club, right? 
One way is waiting in line like an idiot and hoping they say you're good looking enough. That's one way. Yeah. The second way is being on the VIP list, which I've never been on. I never had those connections. And the yeah. third one is finding that window in the attic that you kind of sneak through and get into the club. <laughs> the third door, the third window, that's how I always try to get into any space. Great. I love that. Great advice. How do you keep it focused when you're going into that thinking time? So, you know, many people's, you know, the human brain tends to get easily distracted. How do you keep you, 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 your head on task, your mind on task? So when I was younger, I, um, I wrote music. Um, I was in, in a group and I always wrote down the topic on the top of the paper as we were writing things, right? Because we would get distracted, go off and everyone, you know, I was like, oh yeah, let's go back to the theme. What are we actually talking about? And the second thing is if you exercise, you will notice that, you know, most of us don't want to go exercise. You know, if we've taken like a six month break or a nine month break because it's hard. It sucks. Like you're not getting better. But if you get good at it, it becomes pleasant. You actually get sort of an high from it. Yeah, sure. So it's the same thing with focus. Like we are so distracted. You know, we have the richest companies in the world doing everything they can to keep us distracted and looking at notifications and stuff. Um, yeah. I had an interview with Derek Sivers, very smart guy. He's like, just, you know, delete all the games, turn off all of your phones, like get rid of all that shit and just start working on things. Easier said than done. But like with exercise, you know, you just get better. You know, initially, maybe you can only do thinking for five minutes, then 10, then 15. You work up to those hours and then it just becomes a normal thing. You're just like, wow, like I'm always in flow. Like I'm always getting into it because I wrote up on the top of my paper what I'm actually going to be thinking about. And then I've put enough reps in where this is just another kind of exercise routine, right? Like I'm okay. We're, we're just thinking now instead of working out, which I do work out a lot too, you know, by the way. So like I get both of those and, you know, I get the energy from the workout, the mental one, because to, to do that. And then, you know, people said like, if you want to get a good night's of sleep, get exhausted physically and mentally. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's a concept I go by. These are just foundational things, you know, just get routines going, practice. You even have to practice focus these days. Like we don't have times like before when, like when I was in Poland, we had two channels on TV when I was growing up. There's way more now, but it was two channels. One was garbage and no one watched it. So we had one other channel, which had like a few TV shows on. What are you going to do? Like you can't turn the TV on. You put the radio on more nonsense. So we sort of were forced. We had no phones, right? Back then, no cell phones, anything like that. We were just forced to sit there and figure out stuff to do. Where now, as soon as you post anything on Twitter, you could just, you know, oh, I'm getting another like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is getting better, right? So we're just all distracted. Like, even yeah. my mother, like, can't focus now. Like, I yell at her sometimes. <laughs> She's watching TV and playing with her iPad. I was like, how many more screens do you need? Yeah. The girlfriend's actually better. She can do three things. She can watch a movie, have some kind of a thing playing in the background, and play a game and try cooking and mess up all four. But, she, <laughs> <laughs> but she's trying. She's trying. So that, that's, that's the environment we're in. So we need to, you know, put a lot of emphasis on focus. Like, the, I, I think the people who can actually think, focus, and produce things will become the next 10% of the, you know, the people with the most. 
Completely agree. And uh, out of all the, in- the interviews and the great people I get the privilege uh, of chatting to on this podcast, there's one thing now that really is coming through more than anything else. And it's, there's a direct correlation between the amount and quality of thinking time that they create or enforce within their week and the results that they get in their business. Yeah. So what I find with some of the most successful people I know, um, and these are people with businesses in 20 million revenue and up, more just, you know, these are good businesses. Most of them don't work more than an hour a day. And when they you say you don't all, work. What do you mean by that? They don't work more. They, they actually work an hour a day and they spend all the time thinking and usually in like a meditative state on a golf course. Wow. Right. Because you need to focus for golf, like incredible focus every single time. But you don't really need to think it through. Like you're just trying to hit the ball. So while they're focusing and slowing things down, that's when their ideas come through. And so a lot of them spend most of their time on the golf course and then just work for about an hour at the most. Because you got to remember, they have teams. You don't have a $20 million company usually without a team. Mm -hmm. But they will tell you like, yeah, I actually just work for like an hour. Everything else is spent thinking or connecting with people or networking, like other things. But it's not work. But I find a lot of them do have that in common, and it's the golf course. And if you spend enough time by yourself on the golf course practicing, you'll see you have a lot of time to think. Because, you know, you don't, that ball is not that interesting. You keep hitting it, but, you know, like for me, it was more just shooting hoops. Like I would go to the basketball court because I don't like golfing much, but it's the same thing. If you just shoot and shoot, like they're just, you just, you know, get into the state where like what I would like to do is like ask myself like a very hard question about my business and then go shoot for like an hour and a half. Okay. And when I came out, I would usually have quite a few ideas and most of them just because I was bored out of my mind, like, because I'm just shooting the ball over and over and over, you know. So you get into that altered brainwave state, that meditative yeah. state, yeah. that, so that level a, of focus. So it's a tactic. And, and you can do that with any repetitive motion, you know, so it doesn't have to be golf or basketball. You could be on a, uh, on a rowing machine that you can get in your house. But mm-hmm. just turn everything off. Like, don't listen to podcasts. Don't have music on. Just you, the machine, and your question. And believe me, like your brain's going to get so sick of it. <laughs> it's going to come up with something. That's really good advice. You know, um, in, a, in, a, in a world where there is so much more amazing act, uh, material from podcasts, I'm a massive fan of audiobooks. I've always, I've always got, you know, earphones in listening to something. And it's, uh, it it's makes such, I have to remind myself, coach myself, no, don't have anything. I'll just think. Just think. Yeah. Like that's the distraction thing. We have so much stuff to consume, you know, but then you're not thinking. Like someone else is thinking for you. All you're doing is taking it in and either saying like, oh, I agree or oh, I don't agree. But again, you don't really think through why because you keep listening, right? So there's a lot of great stuff to listen to. But I mean, if you've got to solve your problems for your business or how to move forward, turn all that garbage off. You know, like there's, there's an agenda that everyone has and we have too. Like this podcast, we want people to listen to us for some reason, right? Either get our name out or get more exposure like we are giving a lot of value but it's there's there's always a little agenda in the background like it's a bit of a selfish thing like even giving the knowledge to someone is selfish because i feel good about it you know like we all do it for ourselves so when you have things to do cut everyone else off and focus on yourself like i have it on my board treat yourself as your biggest client yeah it's a great quote right and when it comes down to it like the only person that matters initially is me 
because if I yeah. don't have my oxygen mask on, I can't help everyone else. Yeah. That's what really shines through uh, to me about you, Tom, is that you're, you're incredibly, of course, you're incredibly focused. Um, but you, you've done that in order so that you can structure your world in a way that works for you on your terms. Yeah. And, and by doing that, I can help a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I can, I can help my team. Like during this copy thing, like no one on my team had one day where they worried that they're going to be out of a job Great. because they know, like, I'm, I'm, I got this. Yeah. But it's only because, you know, I've, I get extremely selfish so then I can help. Right. Yeah. Like Counterintuitive. I like it though. Yeah. It is. But that's the truth. Like you can't help others if you're completely out of it and scattered and all over the place. Like you're, well, I mean, you, you think you're helping, but you're actually probably messing things up much more. Completely. Completely know what you mean. So um, just a little bit about what kind of services do you offer for your clients then, just so that people are intrigued by the way you approach it, your ability to uh, help people generate revenues online. Explain a little about your business and, and, and the services that you offer, Tom. So we, in the course marketing space, because that's what we're pretty much all in on at the moment. We have two types of clients, maybe three, but it's, it's kind of two. Um, the first ones are ones who have the expertise, but they need the course validated. They can get it to sell initially. And the other kind of half bucket in that is that they may be launched and they, you know, they had a list, they launched, they, they were able to sell like a hundred courses and then crickets. It's sort of a part of the same problem, this validation problem. Like, you know, you still haven't figured out how to sell it evergreen, which is what you need with a course to, you know, make money with it. And the second part is people who have been selling really well, validated. Um, usually they don't know why they've been selling it very well, but it's often due to just getting you know, the offer right, the audience right, but they've exhausted a channel like YouTube, for example, like been organically hitting YouTube for a long time, making good money. And then it's like, well, what do I do next? Like yeah. I can't break through you know, this $150,000 ceiling uh, no matter what I do, I can put 50 new videos in. It doesn't move the needle. What's next? And then I'll help them scale it. So either validation or you know going from these launches to an evergreen model, which is kind of what you need. Or once you're in that model, if you've exhausted the channel, we help you move that. Either you know it's through remarketing or um, going into the cold traffic or just moving into another channel. Like it. it depends on the situation but those are the buckets that we work with anyone else usually not a good fit right and do you have a pre-qualification criteria for both of those two buckets yeah so and it's funny because a lot of people don't follow directions and they just get a no immediately <laughs> once you get to the website there's a consultation form mm -hmm. which i need to understand the business yeah then we get on the call and the call um is meant for a couple different things one, I need to figure out, you know, like the questions that I have, I need to get them answered. Two, I quickly realize in 30 minutes if I want to actually work with you or not and take this business on. If both of those are fine, um, I always say, look, I'll, I'll think of how I can help. And if I yeah. figure it out, if I have real good clarity and an action plan, I'll get back to you. We can get started. Because if I don't have clarity on it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah so... It's, it all makes sense. And I always say, like, you know, in that call, like for you, you should be figuring out if you want to work with me. Sure. Because before we really start thinking about this, you know, 
if we can't really get along and get on the same kind of track in 20, 25 minutes, it's not going to happen later on. Right. So I try to like, you know, like a lot of people don't, don't understand that. Like they're used to like, um, especially in New York, you know, salespeople coming in like, Oh, you know, I did all this research and I want your business. I'm like, I don't really want your business. I'm considering if I want to take it on first and then I'll think about if I can help because it's one thing if I just want to work with you, but I can't figure out how to actually fix your business. So it's still a no. And I'm, I, I hope you understand that this is for your good, <laughs> you know, right. because I, I need to be able to help. So yeah, there, there is a clear path. Um, and, and then so your, so your website for people to find out more, uh, we market online courses.com. MarketOnlineCourses.com. Tom, a huge amount of value there. Huge, some some fantastic quotes through our conversation. Not only about the importance of thinking, uh, you know, but treat yourself as your biggest client. Produce more than you consume. There's always a third door to get in. You know, um, I've got four thinking hours a day. You now, twenty thinking hours a week. Uh, just stacks of value in there, Tom. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, yeah. Um... We do have a web page up recently. It's just smartbrandmarketing.com slash gifts. Okay. And, and the gifts change. The gifts change. But anytime you go in there, um, you can opt in and get whatever we are offering at that time. And it gets you into like our course lessons um, and marketing thoughts. The course lessons are beta right now. We're actually going to charge people for that. But at the moment, we're testing it out on sure. our newsletter. So you just get all this stuff, but it's always on the same page. Like the one thing I, I hated was having like 10 different landing pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then having to figure out what. So now it's just one. I give that one URL and we just switch it out every once in a while. Fantastic. Love that. Cheers, Tom. Thank you very much. Hi, Gavin here. Number one thing out of that, I'm sure for you as well as for me, is really do make sure you set up enough thinking time, at least one hour a day, get better with that. Put the topic on the top of the paper that you're thinking about. Go for a run, do something repetitive, work out whatever it might be. You know, go play a game of golf, but spend time thinking on a particular topic and really focus your energy and efforts in your business. You're going to get a direct proportion into the return on time invested for really good quality thinking time. Partnerships are like a marriage. Be careful when you enter into them. Uh, never rely on one platform. There's always a third way in, a third door. Produce more than you can consume. There's so many, so many insights uh, from that conversation with Tom. So I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.